Hey there, friends and fiends. Flood here, with a special announcement for all of our local friends and fans. Alejandro and Candace will be presenting their Leftover Stardust project over at the Wicked Witch Market this Saturday, December 3rd, from 11am to 5pm. They'll be offering on-the-spot divination readings, as well as their newest magical crafts ready for purchase. So if you live locally and you're in the Research Triangle, come on down from 11am to 5pm this Saturday. Go out and show them some love, tell them I sent you, or heck, you might even find me lurking at the back of the bar doing a couple of weird rituals. Links will be in the show notes. Hugs and kisses and unicorns. Bye. XV Planis is part of the Green Mushroom Podcast Network. On June 27th, 1947, nearly seven years after its launch, the battleship USS North Carolina was decommissioned and placed in the inactive reserve fleet in Bayonne, New Jersey for the next 14 years. When news of the ship's impending scrapping reached the residents of North Carolina, the Save Our Ship campaign was launched to save the battleship from being reduced to scraps and bring it back home to the Tar Heel State. In 1962, the ship was dedicated as the state's memorial to World War II veterans and the 11,000 North Carolinians who lost their lives during the war. However, some sailors may have never left their post. Over the last 20 years, the USS North Carolina has not only served as a monument to our veterans, but it has also functioned as a constantly investigated paranormal hotspot. Guests and staff alike tell tales of disembodied voices, moving shadows, and even full-bodied apparitions, still in uniform. From what we are told, if you ever see one of these apparitions, kindly salute them, then let them pass to continue whatever work spirits have to do. While we didn't see any full-body apparitions on our visit, the spirits of the ship were very active for the second half of the evening. Join us tonight as we walk through the final hours of our investigation battleship USS North Carolina. Welcome to XV Planets. Greetings, friends and fiends, and welcome back to XV Planets. Transmitting from the Black Lodge, as always, I am your host, Flood, and as always, I am very happy to be here to dive further into the weird with you. I hope you all have managed to get through this first wave of the holiday season without losing your minds. I know that mine is definitely stretched thin. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We are here to talk about the USS North Carolina. In the last episode, we tapped into the first few hours of our investigation of the ship. As we hinted in the last installment, there was a definitive turning point in the evening. After we took the first full group break, the tone and feel of our investigation changed dramatically. I'd like to welcome Sonny back into the Black Lodge, where we're going to pick it back up from where we left off. This was the point in the evening that we referenced earlier. Everything changed. Everything seemed electric when we returned to the ship. Eventually, this this culminated in the entire team homing in on this one area because we started to get some activity in this one little section. 
And I want to say it was it was the extension of the mess hall that also had their little commissary too, right? Because it had like the two little storefronts on the far side of the wall where um, sailors would go and like buy snacks or, or stuff like that. Yeah, there was like one like room that was glassed off that seemed like it was like an office or even had like bunks in it. That was the commissary. Yeah. Um, but everywhere had the bunks. Like Hoosier was, uh, like Halsey was talking about in the previous episode, like every time they took the ship in for like upgrades and repairs, all the upgrades and repairs required more people to be put on board. So they were like, congratulations, you're joining the USS North Carolina. You're going to be head of the laundromat services. Fantastic. Where am I going to be sleeping? In the laundromat services. <laughs> you love, eat, sleep here. But that's why all of those places had bunks installed is originally they didn't. But the more people they brought in, they were just like, screw it. We got to put them somewhere. Line the walls, boys. <laughs> Good God. I could not imagine. There's a whole lot of sweaty people in a Seriously. roasting tin can. Yeah. Seriously, Sunday. I couldn't. I, I wouldn't. No. No. I'm just curious to know how many people hit their heads walking up and down the stairs. Well, it's like it's like it's like it's small so people. many concussions. <laughs> <laughs> Short people only. Well, that's definitely true when it comes to submarines. They they pick the shortest of the short for those. Yeah. This first encounter with the shadow, it was interesting cuz like I've, you know, I've seen shadow entities and I've seen moving shadows before, but I've never really seen anything like this. The only way that I can describe it is, like, out of the corner of your eye, you would catch what looked like either the shadow or the, the silhouette of a human being, fairly male in structure. Yeah. And it was a very distinct shadow, but as soon as you would, like, shift your vision over to it, as your eyes were moving, the shadow would somewhat kind of become more fluid and then just shrink down to the ground... And some of us actually saw this, like, puddle of a shadow slide from one side of the room over to the other. And then you would see it form back up on the periphery of your left eye. And then we're just like, either this dude wants to play hide-and-seek with us, or he's going to make us work. It didn't bother. I mean, the one, like, thing that really stood out for me with that, too, it's, like, later in the evening... It didn't bother turning into a puddle with me because it, like, literally sh- straight past my peripheral to enough to, like, block light. So, yeah, so it, it would it just travel across it your full went, field of yep, vision. Yeah, it just went straight across. You know, I, I love it. Anytime we do these investigations, whenever a visual element shows up, each and every person experiences it completely different. And so we were talking about it, how it just went bloop, slide, bloop. Ghosty J. Coolkey, slide to the left. That's what I was thinking. Slide to the right. <laughs> Ectoplasm in your hands. <laughs> As I have pointed out often, sometimes these paranormal events will manifest physically, and not everyone experiences those visualizations all the same. This kind of leans into the psychical circuit theory, meaning that it takes our own individual consciousnesses to complete a circle of energy, allowing the witness to experience it in the way that their own minds can process. Let's bring in Walker to get a different perspective.
Yeah, because there was a lot going on at that point. Yeah. I think we uh, we had a lot of stuff um, happen. Because that was when we were... I, I remember distinctively, like, I was by myself at some at one point, and I walked down to the wishing well and dropped a coin. And I was walking back, and it just felt like someone was running right behind. Like, I can't explain, like, the feeling on the, my back of just, like... Oh, someone is like running to get you. And I was just by myself and went back to the group and I was like, Oh man, like go drop a coin in there by yourself. Like it's like someone just like chased me out like of the wishing well area. Where was the rest of the group at this time? Uh, further back. Cause you know, it was like the wishing well was in the, like near the kitchen. There were those tables uh, by the like kitchen serving area. Okay. And, so, like, so right- outside of that little, little nook where the wishing well is on the yeah because then you run through and there's the one room on the there's the room on that side and then you run through again and there's another room and i think there's that back room with the slanted floor jill and i had seemed like we had seen like what seemed like a a shadow just standing like a like kind of like you could see the torso and like the head shape and the shoulders um and that was like opposite sides we were like looking down the hallway um that was the first time that i had seen or I mean, it was later on. It was that, but that was the first. It, you know, it wasn't at the same time, but like later on in the evening, maybe like forty-five minutes later, that was the first time I had seen it, like truly, like move. At this point in the evening, it seemed like the activity was coming in waves, with most of it focused on the mess halls and the wishing well. Minutes after Walker had his experience near the wishing well. Our moving shadow made an appearance near the commissary. Let's hear from Megan about what happened next. Um, it uh, didn't really have a... It was like a vague outline of a adult human male. And it was like sliding. So it wasn't like walking across the floor. It was like sliding against a wall like a shadow would. Except there was no light there that would have caused that type of shadow. So Walker and I were both like, did you see that? Did you see that? Did you see that? Mm. And then we walked back through those, that the the double door basically into that back mess area. And it w- went around and was hiding by one of the like large mixers, like the barrels mm-hmm. with the mixers. Yeah. Because that's the, that was the bakery. Yeah, yeah. They were kind of set out in that little middle hallway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then you had that one, that storage area that was kind of like, if you're looking straight ahead, the mixers are right here against the wall. And you walk straight through, you walk all the other side of the ship. And there was like a squared off space that was like storage. And there was like a couple barrels and boxes there. So like to get to where the shadow was, we would have had to walk past all four of the mixers and a little to the left. Yeah. So what I found interesting about that whole experience was that the, the lot of us saw this this little shadow like pop in and out and just like slide across the room and uh-huh. things like that. And for the first few minutes that this engagement was going on, it kind of seemed like it was being playful, purposefully playful with yeah. us. Um, like, hey, catch me, you know, that type of thing. But there was a tipping point, I want to say about 15 minutes in, where the way that it was moving was more like, no, I'm done with you all. Is that when I started yelling in Japanese? No, no, because I think we didn't even, like, the shadow didn't even come out until you yelled that. Okay. The first couple minutes that I remember, it was kind of like, 
It was almost like it was sneaking around and then it was like cowered over by the barrels. And that's what I remember the most. And that was after I started yelling in Japanese. So I don't know if you guys saw it before that happened, but Walker and I were both like, this thing, like, like we're both like at the same point. Like that, did you see that? Like, We had a secondary run with it a little bit later in the evening. I was think that this, when I was back upstairs? And I think after like Walker and everybody else had left too. Okay. Yeah. But I started to just get the sensation that we were... Annoying? Or maybe even scaring. Mm, fair. Yeah. And, well, I and, mean, if you don't know you're a ghost, then all these people with weird technology show up in your mess hall. That's going to throw you for a loop. And one of them's yelling in Japanese. It's going to take a long weekend to get over that. Yeah. <laughs> this, uh, this went on for... I want to say probably about 30 minutes. Like we kept on bouncing between these four rooms. Or, well, three rooms. That that extended back mess hall was kind of divided into two sections, though. So, like, these four compartments, I would say. We're all running through them, and this thing keeps slipping in and out of rooms. Uh-huh. Like, popping in and out. And it eventually got to the point where some of us were, like, literally running Back and forth from room to room. I know Walker and I were at one point like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. But of course, you can never get it. They never let you. Yeah, it must have been later where it was going from corner to corner. Because it kept going to that corner that was glassed off. If you're looking at that corner and then like going behind us. No, this is the same one. This, okay. if that's how it started. Yeah. But towards the end of it, it geared up and it was bouncing between that like that back corner near mm-hmm. the glass, glassed off area, all the way over into the corner of the next room. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because so, that made me think about when Sam, Megan, and I were playing with the rods when we were asking certain questions and we were getting responses. And then at one point, I was like, okay, can you point the rods to where you are? Mm-hmm. And it went straight for that corner, the back corner with the glass, the commissary. I was like, yeah, that's where we've been staring. That's where we thought you were. But after that, it kind of died down for a little bit, didn't it? Yeah, we took another break and then came back a little later. After regrouping again and getting some more fresh air, rehydrating and heading back down, we tried one more series of experiments over around the wishing well in that mess hall area. I think before we did that, a lot of us kind of broke off and just wandered in different directions for a little while because we knew that we were getting a little bit short on time. But we found ourselves all recollecting back at the wishing well area. That's when we had our second encounter with the shadow guy who kept popping in and out yet again. And as I described earlier, like I would see it as a shadowy mass on the periphery of my vision that would like drop down and then slide over on the floor and then pop back up. And on occasion, I would see what you saw, which it just literally looked like the shadow of somebody just ran really, really fast Mm -hmm. right past you. And this is when I saw it. So you saw it just like running, right? Run right past my right-hand side because to our right, when we're standing in there, was the lit kind of doorway, even though we didn't have very many lights on this doorway, it was lit. No. And so as soon as it happened, it blocked the light enough to where like the light kind of flashed where I knew something had passed.
Yeah, um, I mean, it, 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 it always felt like the activity was kind of trying to run away from us, you know? Um, yeah. I think especially in that in that back area. Um, when I saw it as its own kind of shadow moving around, I was walking like back into that back room by myself. I was the only person back there. And it did kind of a similar thing. Like that you said, it didn't fall down onto the floor, but it seemed startled that I had seen it. It seemed like it knew at least that I had, you know, seen it. I was like looking at it, um, and it kind of jumped behind the thing. It was almost like a dumbwaiter, right? I think, yeah, yeah. You could, you could like move things between the floors, yeah. um, but it was big and it kind of blocked the hallway going back into bunk areas, um, and there the light was coming from that uh, spot. So. Essentially, it dropped down, and I could see it really clearly because the light was behind it. And then you, I could see it kind of running down the hallway in the back, like run out. Hmm. Like it almost like kind of ducked behind, and then I could see like it just kind of like like took off like around the around the hallway. Oh man! Yeah, it was pretty wild. I wish I was carrying a camera. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't have been able to to capture that on camera. I mean, like. Seriously, you've you've seen the capabilities of the cameras that we have. These things are not going to be able to pick them up. Like, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, we 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 don't have the ten to fifteen thousand dollars it would take for one camera to appropriately uh, pick stuff like this up with. Um, so we we make do uh, with what we can. But I what I can tell you at this at this point in our journey, Walker, like I'm not. I honestly, I like I'm not here to collect evidence. Um, I've seen too many things that have now brought greater questions. So that's the drive of all of this. You know, if we can pick up some really cool evidence along the way, we are absolutely going to share that. But, um, yeah, I'm no, it's not the goal. Yeah. That's not the goal. Yeah. (laughs) I definitely agree with that. Yeah. To peer behind the veil, (laughs) to climb the mountain. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so so what else happened uh, with with you and everybody else for the rest of the evening, or was that pretty much like the uh, the peak of your experiences? That was kind of like the 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 tail end. Um, it was a really nice finish because we, I think we had maybe heard a couple more things and we were kind of still poking around those rooms. But I I I, I do mm-hmm. think that was at the point that River Cat, uh, Sam, and I like went up to the to the deck and I, I think we were all kind of taking a break up on the deck and if you laid down like you could get up on those big uh, they have the big circular kind of raised areas that I believe like guns were in in the past there was like guns in those places or something um, and we were laying down and there was like a meteor shower going on <laughs> that you could see really well so we were, we were all like laying down looking for shooting stars yeah, um, yeah, and that was super nice. And then we were all just, you know, I we we attempted to experiment a little bit on the area uh, where the guy went overboard, um, right next to yeah. those guns, uh, to see if there was anything going on there. And that's where we kind of started, like first started looking up and seeing those things. So, but that was a good ending. You know, it was nice. I am also excited to go back. I. You can always dress for the cold, um, especially exactly. in North Carolina. It's not going to be Kansas, uh, which you you know I'm comfortable sleeping in a car in the Midwest in the winter, uh, but that that won't be our experience. So I think it'll be even more fun. 
I'll definitely say I think it was it, we 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 had the best break room that we've ever had on an investigation. Um, but, you know, we had all the vending machines we could ever want, even though we brought more <laughs> snacks than we could ever eat. Mm-hmm. I will say I think that's one thing that our group uh, has down on on anyone else is the ability to feed the forty people when no. there are t- there are only ten of us there. Um, right. <laughs> Yeah, we had so many snacks. It was great. We could go back. Like you you hand me a bag of beef jerky, I'm good for two days. Oh, like. 100%. <laughs> I mean, taking taking naps on picnic tables. and But no, it was a great time. I, I, I think it was an awesome place to investigate. It's not every day uh, that you even get to think about investigating a battleship. So it's cool that yeah. we have one in our backyard that we can get to as, 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 as often as we please. Yeah, and at least we know that it is still going to be just as fun. Like, I think our experience camping in Georgia was, you know, we, we didn't collect really any evidence, um, but we had a really great time, and, and we had some really fun personal experiences, you know? Say that, say that, because you and I are going to do a one-on-one episode about that particular subject before the holiday break comes up. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Because, oh, that's yeah, why we're... I just said camping in Georgia. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. It was just a family camp out. Family camp out, totally. With the bear. Mm. Oh yeah. Barreled. <laughs> Barreled. He was a he was a good guy. He was a nice guy. Actually he was very polite for, for a, a black bear. He was just looking for Gabagool. So around then is when we all got refueled, uh, got our fresh air, got rehydrated, and then we headed back down to the same area. Everybody seemed to be gravitating towards that wishing well area. Um, I, I think that really was the, f- the focal point of energy for the evening because without even consciously doing so, we all seemed to end up gravitating back towards that place. During this time period is when I set up a little solo card experiment in the mess hall. But while I was doing that, something else was going on just a couple of rooms over with you and Alejandro, right? Yeah, it was Jill and I were seeing the shadow again, like in the corner. We can like, and then we'd feel something behind us suddenly. And it was just, we were just kind of keeping our eyes peeled for things like nothing concrete yet. Alejandro had set himself up in the corner to where like nothing could be behind him so he could see everything else. Mm-hmm. And we're just all hanging out for a minute. And Alejandro says suddenly, Sonny, is John behind you? And I was like, John's in the next room playing cards. So no, that's not John. And he's like, okay. <laughs> Why Alejandro? <laughs> he's like, yeah, you, you can't do that and not deliver. It's, <laughs> what do you mean Alejandro it's like okay there's definitely something like playing behind you like popping in and out and he's like I thought it was John trying to mess with you but it's obviously the shadow again yeah so we we apparently had our first reoccurring guest of the evening yes and during this time period is when I'm off in the other room playing this this solo card routine in that mess hall right next to the wishing well I started this one alone. I actually um, I snuck off when nobody was looking, and I went back there by myself and just sat down and broke out the EMF meter, voice recorder, a lot of good that did. Started playing some music, broke out a deck of cards. And 
it was a crude experiment and I, I literally just pulled it out of my ass at the last second. And I'm going to start thinking about this for the next time we go back. Cause I want to, um, I want to expand on the idea a little bit and come up with some better parameters for, for doing this. But I set up the EMF machine and then I set out the deck of cards and then I essentially tried to play a game of war. Which we found out where we were storing our stuff. Um, what was it called? The officer's yeah. dining area. Yeah, in that big loss case, it says that they, the card game they played is called AC Doocy. So we need to figure out how to play that the next time we go. Absolutely. Yeah. Because there's no physical presence to play with instead of pulling one or two, you know, like pulling one and then they pull one, I pull one, et cetera, et cetera. I would pull two cards from the deck. I would set it down and I would say, this is card one. This is card two. Beep once for card one and two for card two. And you get to, you get to pick. And it started responding. It would give me, you know, one for card one, two for card two. And we played this process for like, what, 10, 15 minutes or so? Yeah. It went on for a while. And I want to say it was around this same time. Wait, oh, wait, wait. We got to backtrack for a second. Because during the first Estes session that we did near the wishing well is when we started to get a voice coming through the spirit box. Remember who was um, Ted? Mm-hmm. He was that calling was himself Ted. Ted or Tommy? Tommy. It was Tommy. And that stood out to us because the uh, Thurman Thompson right. was the name of the guy who fell down the wishing well. Yeah, I think that's when I was listening and <laughs> the only word that came through was bacon. And it was hilarious. And then like we started <laughs> asking questions and Jill's like, if you just talk to us, we'll give you all the rations of bacon. <laughs> Did that get a response? Can't I mean, remember. no, no, like it didn't. We didn't get a verbal response, but the the REM pod was going off. Okay. <laughs> All I got was bacon. I don't even know what was asked because I had the headphones on. But yeah, it was during that uh, that first session when we started having Tommy come through, mm-hmm. and it wasn't until later that evening that we actually took the time to go back and look up those that have died, and we found out about Thurman Thompson. Tommy. Tommy. So we think. Yeah, that's that's what we think. Again, all speculation, and this is all in theory, because we are not experts and we don't have any answers. And I'm sorry, if you're looking for answers, probably not going to find them here. (laughs) (laughs) Because what I've found is that any answers you do find with any of this, it just leads to a life of more and more questions. Yep, that's what I was about to say. Where did this song come into play? That was at 2.30, so that was when you were playing cards. And I sat down next to you, and we started playing War together. That's right. My phone, out of the blue, just starts playing a song. Right, and I was... Unprompted. I don't even think... Yeah, you barely even heard it. I was like, do you... What is that? There's something playing, and then you look in your pocket, you pull it out, and your phone's playing music. Yeah. Not even a song that you would listen to recently, either. No, uh, no. It is one that is on... My phone, I do keep it on there, like in my music app, but I hardly ever use the music app. I use Spotify for most most point. And the the name of the song is called Demon by Vile Evils, uh, made up of um, former members of Pop Elite itself. It was weird that that chimed in. 
because it wasn't it almost like within minutes of me asking who's here with us or something like that. And then, yeah, and then Demon pops on, which honestly at this point, like I laugh when stuff like that happens because this literally feels like a sailor prank. (laughs) Really? No, it really does. It feels like, oh, look at this. Kid's gonna come up on our ship. Show, ah, let's show them how it's done, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. You want spooky ghosts? Oh, I got a demon, buddy. <laughs> you know, that's really what it feels like to me. It just, it felt playful. It didn't feel malevolent at all. Like, I, I had the instinctual feeling that the entire experience at the USS North Carolina was gonna be vastly different from any of the previous investigations that we've done. Um, and I specifically chose that place because I wanted like a different feel, a different type of experience. But it's still like, you know, I, I guess pe- spirits in the paranormal world, maybe they talk to one another. So they find out that I'm coming. They're like, oh, dude from the Sally House is coming here. Oh, he went to Waverly, too. Let's take a look at his music list. See what he's got on his phone. I'm going to freak this kid out. That's really how that's, that's what it felt like. Because I, I didn't feel a single malevolent thing on that shit. Uh-uh. I did sense some frustration. Our little shadow character that was um, jumping around and popping in and out. And I, I don't think he was trying to play with us. I think he seriously wanted to be left alone. But we were all excited and being obnoxious about it. Oh, I don't know about that because he was playing with me apparently. Like Alejandro, when it was just us left towards the end of the night, I know I'm kind of jumping around, but he he kind of like set himself up in the corner of the room, and he's just sitting there and watching and doing Alejandro, and Jill and I are looking at the opposite corner, trying to like spot it again, and we just like kind of feel something, but Alejandro says, Sonny, he's like, is John behind you? I said, John's not in the room. And he's like, okay, what do you mean, Alejandro? <laughs> he's like, there's there's something behind you, like, messing with you. He goes, I thought it was John, like, popping in and out, trying to just play around. But it was definitely, like, this shadow figure. Huh. So that happened. Was this before it started uh, moving rapidly? No, this was, like, towards the end of the night. So this was on the second Second go around. around That's right. All right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So after uh, after the card game. So yeah, we'll backtrack to that real quick. So we ended up doing this card game, uh, essentially war, and um, we were actually getting solid one and two responses. And I would also ask it on the occasional yes or no, beep once for yes and two times for no, and we started getting some pretty powerful responses. EMF meter was going off pretty uh, frequently, and the REM pod was uh, pinging at request. At at first, it was starting to go off at random, um, and then when we started to ask it a series of questions, it was actually pinging back an appropriate response, which I found to be pretty fascinating. I really want to rethink that because, uh, again, I pulled that out of my ass at the last second, like... I just felt like I needed to sit down right there, right then, turn on the pod, break out the cards, and see what happened. But I think I need to refine the series of questions and and forms of communication here. So if we're going back in February, I intend to have a new type of card game uh, uh, card response lined up. And we're also going to look into this game that they used to play. What what was it called again? AC Doocy. 
I think it's like a high-low kind of game. We were reading a little bit about it, but I didn't deep dive into it. So it was around this time that we um, we stopped and we took another break and head up top to refuel, grab some water, get some fresh air because that diesel is thick, my friends. As the night progressed, the numbers started to dwindle. Several people ended up leaving to go back home, get some rest, or, you know, I, I don't expect everybody to keep up the endurance trial that are these investigations, quite like I do. But on the way out, let's hear from Megan with her closing thoughts. Uh, that was it on your notes, right? Yeah, after that, after the shadow, I uh, it was too hot downstairs, so I went back up on deck, and I, ain't, I think I ended up, like, Crawling up into a little ball and like napping on the anchor for like a good 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah. And then I was just like, oh, I'm going to go back to the hotel because like all the stuff's happening downstairs and I can't really be there. And I kind of just feel like I'm. Well, I, I could barely be there myself, which is why I'm so glad that we're going to go back in February is um, it, it's easier to pile on layers to keep comfortable. You can than only it... get so nude. Yeah. No, thank you for uh, sharing your experience. Thank you for being there, as always. And thank you for all the help that you put into this uh, lovely little insanity project of XV Planets. I believe in the project. And by extension, you. So, of course, I'm going to help. What if I'm just a figment of all of y'all's imagination? I've hallucinated worse. Fair enough. It was a really interesting and active place. I can't wait to go back knowing what I know about the ship now and understanding a little bit more about the the time period, the history and what life was like on that ship I think I have even more ideas on how we might be able to like drum up some activity I'd love if they got rid of those really creepy humanoid white cardboard cutout figures that are everywhere Well, it's really only, like, in a couple of areas, but still, like, and I will admit, as a paranormal investigator, it's a little infuriating, because you'll turn it like, oh my god, what is all? Exactly. Like, when Jill and I were in that room, like, where we were all trying to spot the shadow, we kept feeling something behind us, and at one point, it felt super close, and so I turned around, and this white cutout is right in front of me, and I, like, jumped, and I grabbed Jill, and I just, like, dropped my head. I was like, god damn it, never mind. Okay, so the real question there, though, was it there the whole time, or was it being moved up upon you? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I don't remember it being that close to me, to be honest, but I have no idea. Okay, so that's definitely a theory (laughs) we're going to test when we go back. All in all, this was a pretty great experience. I really, I am genuinely looking forward to going back and experiencing this one on multiple occasions, because I think there's a lot of potential for repeat activity, uh, which is something that we always want so we can document it a little bit better. I don't really feel it was a complete experience because I think we were we were definitely treading new ground for the entire team, not only as, as far as the location goes, but also uh, with new people into the fold, which uh, can always present some challenges in, in trying to like having that control setting and, you know, getting into the zone. But um, we do love sharing the experience with new people. So, do you have any closing thoughts like regarding this investigation? I look forward to going back. Yeah. I think, I think it was fun. Um, I think there's a lot more that we could explore. I'd like to set up a few other places than just 
where we kind of stayed centrally located, although that's where we kind of sense the most activity this time. I'm hoping that some other spots will become hot spots for us. <laughs> well, Sunny, thank you so much for joining me on this installment. Obviously, we're going to have to go back and check this place out again. I can't wait, and hopefully we'll have more interesting stuff to share with you on this location after February. Yep. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Like, I really want to repeat some of these experiments in the exact same spots and see if we get uh, better responses now that I know what to expect. All right. Well, thanks for getting weird with me. Always. (laughs) All right. We'll talk to you soon, Sonny. Thanks. This investigation truly was a wonderful experience. Delightful, even. And I realize how odd that sounds when speaking of a paranormal investigation, but allow me to explain. This was our last big group investigation of the year, and by comparison to the much more intense hauntings that we've investigated in 2022, this one was a palate cleanser of sorts. There were no intense moments that short-circuited my perception of reality, no physical altercations with angry spirits, I wasn't choked by a ghost, see our Sally House series for more on that, No shadow stalkers and no hitchhikers, meaning nothing followed me home. In the past 14 months since the format of this project evolved from a simple conversational podcast into what can be best described as a parafamily of adventurers, I have interacted and communicated with all manner of things that I don't fully understand, from the dancing lights of Brown Mountain to the shadows of Waverly Hills. What I find interesting is that in all of these interactions, I had very, very few of them feel human to me. Sure, there were a few paranormal pings at one place or another, but this year seemed to be driving to connect me with something else. Something otherworldly. That was certainly not the case on the battleship. What I felt, saw, heard, and experienced there felt familiar. Maybe it's the location itself. Maybe it's my own connection to World War II through my grandfather. But whatever was there communing with us not only felt very human, it felt welcoming. It felt like it wanted to hang out with us. As I mentioned on the previous episode, the rim pod went crazy on me as soon as I revealed my grandfather's military cap and dog tag. That was a moving experience for me, because if there were any lingering spirits of sailors hanging out below decks... It was important for me to establish a sentiment of respect and appreciation. And, honestly, I I think it worked. Most of the Estes sessions we performed were quite extraordinary. The card game experiment was fascinating, although I do need to refine that. We played hide-and-seek with the shadow of a man. And several people on the team heard disembodied voices telling them hello or hey. There is definitely something going on among those decks. What exactly that is remains to be seen. But if we're speaking in common paranormal terms, I think there is a combination of residual and intelligent hauntings happening there. Now that we have a feel for the place, we will definitely be returning in early 2023 to conduct a more thorough and controlled investigation. And I hope that going at a time of year that we can shut off the vents will allow us to get better evidence to share with you. As we come to a close on this series, I want to give a very special thanks to Halsey Hoosier, Danielle, and all of the staff and volunteers at the USS North Carolina for the opportunity to explore the ship and for all of their help on this series. I'd also like to thank Sonny, Walker, and Meg for joining me on this set of episodes and sharing their perspective of our maritime adventure. And I also want to thank Jill, Alejandro, Candice, 
River, Kat, and Sam for joining us on this. A few things before we wrap up here tonight. We have only two episodes left before Season 2 of XV Planis comes to a close, including the EVP Holiday Roundup. We will be returning in late January or early February, but in the meantime, if you're looking for extra content, consider donating to our Patreon, where subscribers of $1 or more get access to our exclusive Patreon-only series, specials, uncut interviews, and much, much more. And by the way, all of the extended interviews from this particular series will be up on the Patreon sometime in the next month and a half. So if you want some extra banter or even some deeper insight, content is there for you, my friends. We will have a steady stream of content during our winter break from the main feed to tide you over until Season 3 premieres. Throughout December and January, I'll be traveling for family and to hit a few paranormal hotspots along the way. So if you live in Mississippi, Arkansas, or Florida and want to show me some spooky places that might be a little less known, send me an email at xvplanis at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, everywhere as xvplanis, and you can follow my personal misadventures and music projects at Folds and Floods on those same platforms. Links for both are in the show notes. If you like what we do here, head on over to iTunes or Spotify to rate and review us, especially review us, and tell your friends about us. Tell your families about us. Hell, yell at random people on the subway about us. You can support us by going to www.patreon.com slash xvplanis and subscribing to gain access to our exclusive content. Be sure to check out all of the great shows on the Green Mushroom Podcast Network, like Lux Occult, Primordia, Unearthing Paranormalcy, and so many more. You can find them by going to www.tgmpodcastnetwork.com. The show is produced in Durham, North Carolina, and is written, edited, and scored by yours truly. Music from the show can be found on my Bandcamp page for Folds and Floods or anywhere you stream your music. Our updated logo was created by Sonny Sulak and Wrencher Lane. And our social media is managed by Megan Winning, who is slaying it on content for Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So if you're not following us there, you definitely should be. And give her a little belated happy birthday while you're at it. Links, as always, are in the show notes. No part of this show or its music may be reproduced without consent. Copyright Folds and Floods Productions. Once again, I am your host, Flood, and this has been XV Planis. Thank you for being a part of the journey so far. I'll see you in the between. In Abumbratio, Influctus, Subvelo.